morning. Happy Mother's Day. Come on. The moms in the room, you guys are so absolutely powerful, amazing. Uh, We love you. We are honored to get to run alongside of you. Who you are in the kingdom is far uh, beyond in emphasis and in power, beyond what you've conceived before. I, the Lord just has, has used your lives powerfully, and there's an increase to it in these days. And so we, we want to just take a, a few moments here to bless you guys, uh, to, to honor you, to say thank you to you, to love on you a little bit. And so if you are a mom in the room, if you would go ahead and stand to your feet I'm not embarrassing you, but we do want to bless you. We want to bless you real good. Yeah, come on. Can you guys just say thank you to these guys? Would would you extend a hand towards them? Or if you're near them, you could just uh, pull up next to them, put a hand um, just like on their back or hold their hand, um, whatever is appropriate there. But let's pray and let's bless them real good. So, Father, we first of all just say thank you. Thank you, God, for the gift of motherhood, for who each one of these are. Listen, I'm not praying alone. I, I need to hear some amens up in here. You got to be, all right? <laughs> if you don't know what to pray, bring in the Spirit with me right now, okay? Lord, we agree that these women are, are so wonderful and so powerful, and we're so grateful, God, for the gift of who they are in our lives. Oh, come on. That was the key right there. Amen. Yes. Lord, that, that you would use them, Father, in increasing ways in this season. God, that you would bless them richly, that you would strengthen their hands, God, that you would give them eyes to see, vision for the future, Lord, for next steps. Lord, that you're raising them up as leaders, Lord, that that they have been stewarding the next generation, Lord, but you're also causing them to have vision for the future, Lord, to, to point the way. God, that they are resource givers, Lord, that you bring resource through their lives and impact, Lord, generations, and we bless them today. Father, we thank you that you have assigned to each one a a measure of rule, Lord, and that that anointing and that rule, that authority, God, I pray in this season that it would be magnified for impact, that the kingdom of heaven, the rule of heaven, would be recognized and demonstrated through their interactions. Lord, for the ones that they are stewarding, Lord, the ones that they are leading, that great blessing prophetic utterance and prophetic wisdom, the vision of heaven would come through them that they would be able to release it to the next generation. And God, I thank you also that you're causing some to become mothers of nations. Lord, mothers who have impact far beyond their sphere of influence. Lord, you're raising their voices up in this hour of history because we need it. And, uh, and so, Lord, we bless them today. Lord, for the ones who have had to go at it alone because of divorce or, or the, the ending of, of a, the spouse's journey, God, on, on this earth, Lord, I, I pray that you would, you would strengthen them powerfully, Lord, that you would release resource to them and aid and, Lord, rally the communities around them, Father, as they're playing more than one role. God, that you would bless them indeed. Give them great wisdom, God. Lord, to each one, we bless, we bless, we bless. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And if you dare to agree with that, you said, amen. amen. Come on, yeah. Can we give one more clap to these guys? Thanks, Trey. You guys are awesome. You are awesome. If you get an opportunity to get near your mom today, make sure you give her a big old hug and love on her. It's a gift. The, uh, the days are short, my friends. They're short. The impact of our lives is, I, I just, it feels so magnified in this season. 
There, there are, are things that we recognize, the transitions in seasons. We recognize that where and who we were in the past, you know, even national identity, that who nations were in the past 20 years, that who they need to become in the next 20, that there's major transitions. That who we are as people, your family, you know, who you were historically is not who you're becoming. God has you on a journey, and each one of you are walking forward, and it's so important, it's vital that we be interacting with the Holy Spirit of God, that we catch a glimpse of who he made us to be, so that we emerge on the, you know, in this journey as, as those who are growing and maturing and becoming. And uh, sometimes memory, sometimes our past haunts us. Sometimes false alias, like, you know, uh, who a person was in the last season. Maybe they had some failures in their last season. But thank goodness for the blood of Jesus that he rewrites our story and he gives us opportunity to step, in, step into the new day. Aren't you glad he did that for you? There are some sitting here today, and I'm, I'm saying this with a purpose, because some of you are estranged from parents, estranged from previous generations, or you're estranged from your kids. And that, that division and those breakdowns in those family relationships, the Lord wants to restore those in this season. And it's necessary. He wants to bring healing, and he wants to erase. He, want, he wants to change. He wants to touch the history with his blood to bring redemption to it. Okay? It, it may not change the history, but it definitely will change how you interact with it. It'll stop being a prison to you, and it'll start being relationships that are life-giving. Are you alive here? I feel like that word is for somebody, and so, listen, if, I, I'm, if I'm talking and your heart is kind of welling up right now because that felt like that was for you, it really was. It's not on the notes. I just really feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking that right now. So I, I just want to... If that's you right now, would you just put a hand on your own heart? I just want to, I want to pray and release that, and um, then we'll transition into the Word. So, Lord, I just bless, I bless, I bless. Declare, Lord, that your blood, your mercy, it transforms. It doesn't leave us in a stuck place. And, Lord, that you are touching and healing families. The breakdown between generations Lord, you're causing fathers and mothers to turn their hearts towards their kids and children to rise up and turn their, their hearts back towards their parents. Lord, you're, you are removing the obstacles that they can walk together again. So, Lord, I pray that that would take place in increasing ways. Holy Spirit, that you would manifest even signs, Lord, that, that speak directly to each family. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would cause um, even, uh, um, man, I just, I just see, like out of the blue, you're going to get a phone call. Out of the blue, you know, a relative's going to reach out, and you never would have thought that that connection was going to happen again, or you certainly weren't expecting it. And suddenly, hearts are going to be turned back towards each other, and the Lord's going to heal it. So, Lord, I just speak that over them right now. Pray for these things in Jesus' name. And Lord, we bless our time together that it would be fruitful for your kingdom's sake. Amen. Amen. And help Pastor Jamie to say something. Just say something. All right. Something. <laughs> uh, today marks one year that we have been in this facility. This is like the, yeah. Uh, it's a big milestone. I. It's, it's a big deal, you know, and uh, we didn't time it for Mother's Day, obviously. It just happened like this, but uh, last year at this time, we had a week of revival meetings. If you remember that, if you're around for that, where we dedicated the facility to the Lord, and um, wow, there has been significant fruit over this last year. So many people coming to know Jesus, hearts getting turned back towards the Lord, lives being transformed. It's amazing. Come on. 
Would you, would you pat somebody on the back near you and say, good job, you're doing it, good job. If you're sitting by yourself, you pat yourself on the back. You're doing a good job. Come on. This, this uh, 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 weekend also marks our 16th year in the ministry, that this is this, the, the anniversary of the church. And so we, 16 years the church is old. And uh, man alive, the difference between where we started and where we are right now. Just, uh, you know, there was a day where the sound system was in the trunk of my car. Where, where all the volunteers in, in the entire church, I could count them all on one hand, where, where worship, every, every single worship set was led by me, you know, where, uh, I don't know, there's so many, so many ways that the structure, the organization has grown and has adapted and has changed, you know, uh, organizations and structures, systems, these kinds of things, they are meant to change. They're meant to grow with you. Organizations and structures, systems, plans, these things are like scaffolding. I want you to see a picture in your mind's eye right now. I want you to see like scaffolding going up around a soft container, like a wineskin, like, like a, 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 a flexible bag, right? And the flexibility of the bag is where God pours into, into that wineskin. The scripture says that he pours out new wine into new wineskins, that you can't do something new in an old structure because the old structure breaks down. And so when we do things like organizations, the House Church Inc., when we do systems and structures like Planning Center and how to administrate hundreds of volunteers now, or, you know, I don't know, there's, I think there's something like 80 musicians now. There used to just be me on my guitar, right? I mean, and you have never even heard me lead worship before because this is just where we've come through now. But the structure, the organization, it's a scaffolding and it's only there as long as it supports, strengthens, and helps the living thing, which is the people. Are you alive? 16 years of ministry has led to a lot of organizational change. Uh, we, like I said, we had the, the, the sound system in the trunk of my car at one point and great flexibility in everything we did. And there were some beautiful moments in those days. Wonderful. Like truly, you know, organic. We're just in it and we're flowing and ah, anything could happen. And it's wonderful. That view of body life, of life in the church. Few people remember having to stack chairs every service and tear down and set up and drag that sound system out of my trunk. You know, we, we tend to remember the wonderful things and we tend to forget the stuff that really was just disorganized and craziness. Something in us longs for the good old days. I wish we could just go back, right? Because you look around, you're like, man, I don't even know anybody in the room anymore. And we used to know everybody. The church used to be so close. And we criticize and we critique. But what we're really talking about is that the structure is attempting to keep up with the living thing. And when the structure stands in the way, then the structure needs to come down in something new. A new system, a new way needs to be put in place. Are you alive? Do you know that a river needs the banks in order to flow? If it doesn't have banks, if there's no structure to a river, it's just a flood. And often it causes great damage. It's not even helpful. Why am I saying this to you? Because we've witnessed change. And frankly, there's more change ahead of us. Not just talking about the church. We're talking about the world. Y'all, the world changed. 
The world changed. And the demands of this day are leaving people with need. The demands of this day, the structures, the systems, are inadequate for where humanity is right now. The day that we're in is demanding something. It is crying out for change. The systems of our day are adapting as fast as they can, but some are resistant to that. Somewhere in between, are you following me, by the way? Don't, don't tune out yet. you got to hang out with me. I haven't even gotten to a story yet. Come on. Somewhere in between, the inability or unwillingness to change or the, excuse me, the, the trying to change, but man, you can't keep up. The structure. Somewhere between that and then the needs of the people are leaders and leadership and individuals. And, and in these in-betweens, we, we have decisions to make. Will we be people who are willing to let go of the old way of doing things? Right? In order to meet people where they're at, or are we demanding that people where they're at have to change to adapt to our system and structure? And the role of the structure in between, we feel all these tensions. Y'all, this is your political system. This is, this is the church world, religion. This is... This is the businesses right now. You've got some that are attempting to meet the needs of the people, but in the midst of that, you have inadequacies that just frankly are failing. I mean, when's the last time you went in a restaurant that should have been like a half hour for your meal, and you're, you're there an hour before like anything comes around, and then the order's wrong, and it's just like what's happening? Oh, there's a breakdown in the process. And that breakdown is because of all the change that's happening. Welcome to 2022. Aren't you glad you made it? Like we're here. Woo! I loved it when the prophets were all like, 2020 is the year of vision, right? <laughs> yeah. We're going to see things the way they really are. Pfft, yeah. <laughs> Crash. Turns out we're not doing as great as we thought we were. Turns out there's some opportunity for change. Praise Jesus. Praise God that you were born for such a time as this. Praise God that he's given you eyes to see and a savior that has redeemed the planet and now you have the opportunity to walk alongside broken people and help them. Right? What a day. 16 years of ministry, we've seen a lot. So many wonderful testimonies. I, as a pastor, I look out here and because I get to see you guys' beautiful faces every week, like I know that you sit in the same spots. Okay, I, you know, it's not like photographic memory or anything, but you sit in the same spots or roughly therein. Okay, and because of that, I know when you're not here. You think you're getting away with it? You ain't. We don't need a roll call. I know. I'm like Santa Claus that way. And I know that our structure, as hard as we are trying and as much ad adaptation that we have made, as much growth, process, like uh, as fast as we've made adaptation, this church is... Like, man, we've just been in nothing but change. And along the way, there have been casualties. Along the way, you know, the changes that have happened, like some people fell overboard. Right? Not intentional. No one's trying to, to, to offend or hurt or, you know, like we're in this all together. Right? And those who made it, thank you for your grace and your, like... <laughs> Loved and to and mercy to walk with people because it's been difficult the last couple of years. In 16 years of ministry, we've had friends come and go, 
And we bless them as they go because we know that the Lord brings them in on assignment. And so we bless them as they go. Why? Because life is cyclical. You'll come back around. It's just how life works. Don't burn any bridges because you're going to see them again. You know, like, but in that process, I've learned some things. I have had to do too many funerals. And, And let me tell you, the grave does not distinguish between old men and young men. Heaven calls to each one of us. You have a cloud of witnesses that are are praying for you. People that have gone before. We have Christ Jesus who lives to make intercession praying for you. For your journey. The spiritual dimension, Scripture says that, that the Lord causes his angels to line up your pathway so that you can do good deeds. We're on this journey together and you know, and, and we're in it together, and as much and as fast as we are, the house church organizations trying to adapt and change and meet needs and help, we fail. We fail miserably at taking care of everyone, and like there's just no way to do it. But that is why we have to be in this together. Because no one person solves anything. It has to be a community. We, we have had losses over the years. I've watched as dear friends, partners in ministry, you know, just the valleys and the peaks of ministry. Like, we've had God, God encounters. Y'all, like, incredible miracles and God stuff. Happens all the time. You guys are amazing, by the way. You're praying for one another. Miracles are happening. Stuff takes place. It's awesome. We've had those kinds of experiences and then we've labored and prayed and and pressed in for the miracle only to have it be that person's time to pass. And then you have the disappointments and what do you do with the in-between? It's all part of the beautiful process of life. All of it is. We have some values at the house that even though all the organizational change and all the transitions and wah, you know, uh, change management is, takes effort, by the way. Like, whew, lots of, you're, the staff here works really, really hard, you know, because they love you guys. But in the midst of all that and all the change, I, I have to, I, I trumpet, I, I, I try to keep our staff focused on some core things. Because we have some values that, that are the DNA of who we are as a community. It's like the acorn and it grows into an oak tree. The acorn is the same DNA as the oak tree. There are some core things, bedrock things, that are what the house is. It, it, it makes the house the house, some of these things. I want to talk to you about one of them today because we're in the midst of so much change and transition in the world. And, and there's so much change and transition in, in, in how the body of Christ really does need to adapt in order to meet the world where it's at. There's change that has to happen. Okay, and I don't want any of you to fall off the boat as we make turns. Okay? Right? It's like... Like this, this process, we're in it together and we're going to grow and we're going to mature and it's an amazing process. But one of these DNA core attributes comes out of Jesus' teaching. It's in Matthew chapter 9. Now, I have taught this passage of Scripture over and over and over. I touch it at least two or three times a year. I do it in different ways, but, but today I want us to touch it. I want us to look at this passage of Scripture thinking about core attributes of who we are as a people, this community, because it casts a little vision. It gives us some vision for what, how we are to behave, especially in major transition moments. You with me? This is Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. If you have a Bible, welcome to go there with me. Otherwise, we'll put it on the screen. Matthew 9, starting in verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He was healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. 
Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and they were dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. We'll interrupt this story here. We're going to keep going in a moment. But Jesus has a, a, a few practices that he does everywhere he goes. Okay? So he travels to cities. It says he's going through all of the cities in Israel. All the villages, all the cities. And he goes into those cities, and then he finds the synagogue. And he teaches in the synagogue. And then he proclaims that the gospel of the kingdom, or the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. That the rule and the government of God is now existing amongst men again. And when he proclaims that, then he heals every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And this pattern is seen over and over and over. He does this everywhere he goes. Goes into a city, finds a synagogue, teaches and proclaims the kingdom or the good news that the kingdom is here. It's not some faraway place that you're waiting for the sweet by and by to visit. Okay, it's here. He's here. And then he goes ahead and demonstrates it. He heals all the sick people. Right? So he teaches, he proclaims the kingdom is here, and then he demonstrates the kingdom is here. Over and over and over. This is what he does. He's on a circuit tour, right? All over Israel. It says often that Jesus would be on the way from one place to the next, and in the midst of their journey, stuff would take place. Often miracles, signs and wonders. Like stuff breaks out, okay? There happened to be in one of these cities where Jesus has taught, he's proclaimed, he's healing everybody, and Jesus looks around at the crowd. Okay, there's a large crowd there, and he is wanting his disciples to see what he is seeing. In other versions of this passage, he says to them, lift up your eyes for the fields are white with harvest. He says to them, lift up your eyes, see it, okay? They're like sheep without a shepherd. We need laborers to be sent in the field. It says this several different ways. Jesus looks out, he sees the crowd, and he goes to his disciples and said, boys, I need you to see this. I want you to recognize something. Look, they are distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd, this is the condition of the people. A way to interpret that could be this, that the people have a crippling anxiety. That the people are experiencing a crushing type of anxiety. Stress with no answer. No one hearing when they call for help. No advocate to come alongside them. When they get knocked down, there's no one to help them up. These are all synonyms. I am literally reading out the definition of these words. This is what Jesus is saying. He says to them, listen, boys, look. This is where the people are at. They are experiencing life without aid. Now, catch me here. I want you to see this. In that day, the Jewish people, Israelites, are ruled with a religious system. Pharisees, rulers, Sadducees, there's councils. The synagogue is the place kind of of government in each of these cities. Jesus is going into these centers of government, religious government, and he's proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, hey, there's a new form of government available. He's telling his disciples, look at the people because the current form of structure is not meeting the needs of the people. This is what he's doing. He's saying to them, look, they are in anxiety because there's no answer. They don't have an advocate. So when they get knocked down or the wind get knocks out of them, dispirited, they don't have a voice. That word means that they don't, they've been robbed of a voice. They don't have someone to speak on their behalf. 
They don't have advocacy. There's no one to help them in their trouble. The system is failing them. That's what he's saying. And then he looks at them and he goes, listen, they need leaders. They need shepherds. They need advocates. They need somebody to walk with them. They, they need somebody to help them, to give them voice. There's not enough workers. There's not enough people willing to do this. And that is why the harvest is so plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, let's, let's beseech the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up men and women to walk with people and help them to interact with heaven's government. <laughs> it's just, he's, I, I laugh at this because we were like, yes, what that means is more evangelism. No, that means revolution. That's what he's saying. He's going, he's going, hey, the current form of government has failed. We need some new ambassadors of heaven to step in. That's what he's saying. Now that, whoo, that'll preach, huh? Yeah, that'll preach. Look around the world right now, can you? Just for a moment, unbiased opinion. Can I ask you some questions, some real ones? Okay. Listen. Right now, are there sections of society in which our current structures are not providing for and or helping them in their time of need? Undoubtedly. Okay. That means we are in the midst of a necessary change in administration. We need new ways of doing things so that, remember, structures and systems and forms, frankly, of government and or administrations, those are supposed to serve the living organism. It's scaffolding. The people don't serve the structure. The structure is supposed to serve the people. This is, I mean, we're not near July 4th yet, but this was the cry for revolution. This is what this was. It's, it's this, this pull in our hearts that we recognize, oh, the system is failing and the people have need, and so what do we do in the meantime? The church. Come on, let's get real for a second here. Is the current administration, I'm not talking about the house church, I'm not talking about the church you grew up in, I'm nothing personal here. We're talking church in general, big C. Okay? When we look at society and the needs and the brokenness of people, is the church providing an administration that meets them in their need? Some, yes. Some, no. It's a mixture. In every one of these circumstances, even if it's going well, though, we need to beef it up. It's got to get better. Right? There, if we go down to a homeless encampment, this talking about real people's needs, in, stuck in brokenness, I don't care how they got there. They have need now. Okay? And the body of Christ or the kingdom, the administration of heaven, has made provision for them to come into wholeness. Right? And so who gets to administer that? How do we get there? We need, we, we, we got to have some better banks to the river that leads us to these places. Water flows to low places. That's what it's supposed to be. When, the, when heaven pours out in a congregation, it's supposed to mean that we what do we do? We, we flow, we, we set up structures to meet people in the low places, to help them be raised up. I hope, I hope you're, it's all like metaphorically, I'm sorry guys, I'm trying, I'm doing the best here. I'm, I understand that my words are going to fail here, but you, you get it though, yeah? You feel it? So this is the call, this is the, the so Jesus is pointing this out to the disciples. He's saying, listen, look, 
The harvest is plentiful. Look at all the good that could come about. And all we really need is somebody to walk alongside them because heaven will manifest and heaven is the solution. But we need, we need an ambassador to show up because if an ambassador shows up, if an ambassador, if, if, if someone who represents the kingdom will just come alongside some broken people, heaven will invade their circumstances. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to show up. <laughs> oh. All right, listen. We cannot do golf claps today. You just can't. You're either in or you're not. Okay? Just... It's, I'm not appealing for more clapping, okay? The more you do that, oh, come on now. The more you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> not what I meant. No. <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, stop. stop. No, really, not what I meant. I, I, whatever, whatever, whatever. We got to move on. Okay. Listen, it's Mother's Day and you want to eat lunch, so you got to listen faster, okay? Okay. Jesus is pointing out kingdom value, okay? He, he is saying, right? He's, he's saying, look, I, I see the need and I want you to see the need. And, and if, if you actually, if you take that, and, and recognize what's happening. Like in that moment, he's revealing a situation that heaven wants to touch. That's what he's doing. He, a spirit of revelation is awakening the disciples to the brokenness of humanity. And Jesus has compassion for it. It says, seeing the people, he had compassion. And then he healed everybody. And so when he reveals to you, when the spirit of revelation opens your eyes to see with compassion, and if, if wisdom accompanies that, if you recognize, oh, I could do something to help, that right there, that is the birthplace of a divine assignment. That is the birthplace of a commissioning. That for the disciples, that was the very groundwork. That was the birthplace of their apostleship. The next verse, look at chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus summoned the 12 to him. Okay, so he goes, hey, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers in the field. And he goes, okay, boys, come here. He summoned the 12 to him, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. He lists them all out. And then he gives them these instructions. He says, do not go to the Gentiles. Don't go to any of the cities of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, everyone repeat after me, as you go. Okay? And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Do not acquire for yourself gold, silver, copper for your money belt, or a bag for your journey, or even two coats or sandals, or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. Okay. Here's the need. This is what's going on with the people. They need deliverance and they need healing and they need an advocate. They need someone to hear and to help them stand back up again when they fall. They need shepherds in their lives. Cry out to the Lord of the harvest that he would ekbal, that he would send more people like me into the harvest field. That's what he's saying about himself. He goes, hey, we need them. And then he looks at his 12 and he goes, okay, it's time. I need this and so I'm commissioning you I'm revealing the need, and now here's the commission. I'm giving you authority over everything I just listed. Everything that needs to happen, here's the commission to do that stuff. 
And we know the story. The disciples get raised up and they start to do the stuff. As you go. That statement shapes a viewpoint that I hold and that we have held as a house, a church. We, we, we talk about it, we preach from this perspective, and we call people to live their lives from this perspective. We are all on a journey, and there are things that you must accomplish in your life. There's responsibilities you have. There's nothing wrong with events, but this is what I've discovered about events. You cannot schedule and or plan a miracle. At 4 p.m. today, we will be, we'll be dissolving tumors in the foyer. Like, that's, okay? That's, God doesn't work like that. He's not, he's not on your stopwatch. Right? And, and so, so again, we're talking about the administration. It's the scaffolding. The structure is the plan. And plans are necessary. I told you this before. Plans serve the purpose. Right? Without a plan, we got messes. We need the plan. I, I, I'll tell you, though, in a service where we have planned and we have order, very rarely does the God stuff happen when we planned it. So we're in worship this morning, right? We used to do like hour and a half worship sets. And, and, and we still do that. We just do it on a different day because the administration of Sunday mornings requires that we keep it a little bit in the banks. Now, I, I know, I know, I know. I talk way too much. I go over time. I mess up your lunch plans. Kids ministry gets on me like I know, okay? I'm working at it. I'm trying. But, but here's the deal, right? Like when we worship and we're singing songs, those lyrics on the screen, when you are worshiping and you're singing those lyrics, that's not when the God encounter is happening for you. It's not. I know this because God's encountering people in worship all the time. But it happens when you shut down. <laughs> when you stop the, the, this is how we do it, and you... You know, you, you stopped singing the lyric for a second and you just kind of closed your eyes and you thought about Jesus and now he showed you something or he spoke to your heart. That didn't happen because of the lyric. That happened because there was a living encounter in between the structures. Right? But the structure is what helped us to get there. Okay, when I, when I preach, I have a plan. I have a plan every week. I can show you my notes. Okay? Every week, I have a plan. I can't tell you how many times I have never been able to fill the plan. <laughs> but it's not because there isn't a plan, and the plan actually helps us to get rolling. We get the river going, and then, then I, I, you know, I just got to keep her between the banks, you know, and we'll get there. <laughs> but it's in between the plan. Listen, I can control with the best of them. Anybody in here like to be in control? Anybody? Yep. <laughs> Any dominant personalities in here? Three of us? I doubt that. There's way more of you in here, right? Okay. But, but I, I am smart enough. I've been doing this long enough to know that even when I'm preaching and you're listening to my words, the God stuff is happening inside your heart where he's interacting with you. It's not my words that are somehow changing you. My words, what, what we're teaching, it might provide a structure for you to begin to experience God within that structure, sure. But we know that the God stuff happens in between. It happens when our hands are open, not when we're holding on to it and it's got to be our way. So the structure and the administration is necessary but we have to hold it open-handedly and be up for adjustments. And then in the adjustments is where the miracle takes place. Okay? How many times have you read a passage of Scripture where Jesus is on the road to someplace? 
Listen, he gets up in the morning, he prays, he's seeking the Father, and there's an assignment for the day. And it'll often say, the scripture will tell you, he was on his way to Jerusalem. And then, you know, he bumped into a whole bunch of lepers. He's on his way to Judea, right? He's just minding his own business in a boat, (laughs) trying to take a nap, you know? And then like a demonic storm rises up, and he finds himself stepping out and ruling creation. Like, he, listen, he wasn't trying to flex. It's not his fault. He's taking a nap. He's just trying to cross the lake, you know? Like, he's on the way to someplace when, when, when the heaven happens. I mean, he's on his way, Judea to Jerusalem, and it says, this is John 4, and I love this story. It's especially the way that the, 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 the series, The Chosen, did. The Samaritan woman, you know, the woman at the well. Whoo, man. Thinking about that, I just cry. Because it's so beautiful. Like, if you've never seen that scene, just look it up sometime. You know, it's amazing. But, but Jesus is not trying to go to Samaria. In fact, Samaria is like, like it's taboo. The, the Jews don't want to go there. So normally they would travel around it. But here Jesus is. He must have got a prompting. Hey, no, let's walk through it today. And so they're walking through Samaria. And they come to a well. It's hot. And they need provisions. And so it makes sense. He's sitting down at the well. But he doesn't have something to draw water out. And then here comes this woman in the middle of the day, which she shouldn't have been out there in the middle of the day. And then we know, like, she's got a, a... a backstory of pain. And Jesus interrupting his plan. Listen, it's a layover, right? It's Samaria. He's not trying to stop in Samaria. You know, like, <laughs> you're flying through. Like, no one goes to Salt Lake. <laughs> you stop there on the way to someplace. <laughs> Sorry, if you're... layovers aren't meant to be, listen, okay, I don't like traveling to begin with. I'm just not a fan of airplanes. Like that whole, I just don't enjoy it. It's not my favorite thing, okay? We get forced to do it sometimes. This is fine. I'm willing, I'm up for it, okay? But the layover, come on. The layover, what's the point of that? Why can't we just have direct flights? I might need inner healing, by the way, after this. I don't know. (laughs) You know, on and off the plane, this isn't my cup of tea. Like I want to do this multiple times. You know, you're standing in the aisle and there's a dude there arguing with the flight attendant about luggage and baggage. And really the problem is that he's cheap and he didn't want to check a bag. And so he's overstuffed his luggage and he's trying to shove it in the overhead compartment, which happens to be above my seat. And so all the drama's around me. And he's going to sit next to me and complain about it the rest of the flight. Like, yeah, okay, I want to do this more than once. Jesus, would you just, where were you in this memory, Lord? Will you just help me? (laughs) Listen, okay, the layover, that was an inner healing model, by the way, there you go. The, like, like Jesus stays present in all the interruptions because I want to propose something to you today is that actually in the interruptions where the divine things pop out. It's when, you, it's when you schedule your day and you have appointments, but then someone pops in and they're like, hey, do you have five minutes? There's a God moment waiting for you. See, if you shut it down, you're like, I don't do layovers. I'm in control. I don't do these. I don't, you know, I, I listen. I roll with headphones on like the best of them, okay? Into a store, yeah, not today. Click, headphones in, you know, keep my head down, you know. I, like, but I also recognize that how many divine appointments happen when I'm standing in line and I see somebody struggling and I'm like, man, and I can feel their heart because the Holy Spirit's giving me a little discernment in the moment. I might have a word of knowledge or prophetic word for them. Maybe something's going on in their life, and I just say something to them, and they end up crying, and I end up praying for them and ministering to them, and it's a whole God thing. Like, I don't know how many times that's happened. Lots, lots and lots and lots. Okay, 
we're just talking about church, y'all. Life is filled to the brim with these kinds of opportunities. I mean, filled to the brim. Angels are out on assignment looking to line your path up with people. You ready me to put a nice bow on this whole thing? Okay. Now, think big picture. Okay. Take a step back from your stuff. Holy Spirit wants to use you so powerfully in your life. But you got to say yes to the interruptions. Moms, how many divine appointments and little kisses from God are in your kids saying, hey, mommy, can I? Okay? How many times have you needed to put your phone down because your child wanted something? And how many times do we miss it when we're preoccupied with something else? The agenda to accomplish something almost always will get in the way of heaven's agenda for your life. It's true. Okay, your agenda is going to, if you hold to it too tightly, right? If you, nope, this is what I'm doing and I'm not adjusting for anything. If you do that, you're going to miss the divine appointments of your life. That's why we have to do this. We make a plan, right? And then we step into it and you have to be open up for the interruptions. You have to be open up for the layovers. Even the inconveniences of life you blow a tire out, and now you're talking with the tow truck guy. Listen, do you understand that God is way bigger than you realize? And that he is involved in your life. Multi-dimensions, like he... So if you take that concept, you take that idea for your own life, and you back it up just a second, and we look at the world, and we look at seven and a half billion people in this world that desperately need hope, need Jesus... The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So how do we adjust? The invitation is that we have to begin to consider new functions of administration in the body of Christ so that the church, which is the solution, and God, it's God's ambassador to see his rule and reign, his body, in the earth. But if the church continues to behave in its current state, we're, we stop being useful to helping the people. The structures are needing to be changed. And that right now, y'all, that's what we're looking at. Not just the house church. I'm talking the big C church, the world. We're having the Holy Spirit is doing this inside of us. And so what is the administration? What's the solution to it? The solution is this, that Jesus is looking for shepherds. He's not looking for more senior pastors. No, no. The solution is that every one of us start to pastor our communities. The solution is that he already put in your life 10 people that desperately need what you have. And that when they go through something, it's the invitation for you to call them. I, listen, I meet with people all day long, every day. I do, personally. This is me. Okay, you know, you might, well, you're paid to do that, you know, and like, okay, yeah, uh, this, this is my life, I get it, but do you understand that every time a need comes up in your life, or a crisis happens to one of your friends or your family, and then you think to yourself, oh, if I could just go have Pastor Jamie pray for them. That thinking is the reason we are in the predicament that we are in. You have to, we have to, all of us have to begin to see ourselves as the solution. That Jesus, the, the living God, has anointed your life 
and is inviting you in to be the ambassador of heaven in those circumstances. And you might say to me, Pastor Jamie, but I feel so unqualified. Listen, you're in good company because we're all unqualified. We're all unqualified. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Because when you show up, listen, all he needs for you to do is show up. That's it. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you. He'll prompt you. Uh, if we kept reading that passage, what it says is, in those moments, you don't know what to say. He'll give you something to say. You know what it also said? I'll, I'll oh gosh, man, you did not listen fast enough today. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Two things, okay? The first is this. When it's a symptom of this, what I'm talking about. It's a symptom. It's not the problem. It's the symptom. When we begin to experience this, what happens in our hearts is that we recognize that the current structure is not meeting the needs that it was created for. Okay? So a government program is not solving the issue it was created for. Right? A Church program is not solving the issue it was created for. It's falling short. Okay, when the structure does not meet the need for which it was created, that means the scaffolding needs to change. A new administration. we got to figure something else out. It's not working. Right? It, it might have worked at one point. doesn't work anymore. Something's got to change. But this is what happens in our hearts. This is a symptom is that you bump into a situation where it ain't working. And you look at the people that are struggling, or maybe you are struggling, and the temptation is to take your finger and point at the system and blame. It's failing. Oh, that's an example of how welfare doesn't work. Oh, it's an example of how this program doesn't work. Oh, it's just another example of how the church doesn't work. Bunch of hypocrites, look at that. They're supposed to be doing that, and it doesn't do that. It's just another example. Oh, Pastor Jamie, look at that. We did that, and it failed, and it didn't work. And we just blame when that finger points at someone who's trying to help, but is not succeeding. But they're trying. When we blame... You are recognizing the opportunity for you to step in and become a solution. When, if you blame, if you're pointing the finger, now it's not that, okay, is it true? Yeah, okay, yeah, we're failing. There's failure. Like it's not working. Duh, look at it. By the way, telling somebody they're failing is not prophetic. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> like, it's not prophetic. It's not helpful even. Like, okay, yeah, let's just agree. Yeah, we're failing. People are failing. Stuff isn't working. Like, it doesn't work. Okay, good. Now what? This is where you recognize the divine. Because if you see and recognize the need and the Lord has given you a solution, there's a commission waiting for you. And Jesus told his disciples that we are lacking that kind of person. We're lacking solutionaries. We're lacking men and women of wisdom who are willing to step into circumstances and do something about it. And I don't need you to solve world hunger. I need you to make sure your neighbors aren't hungry. I don't... I don't... I, I love missions... We, we breathe missions. We love missions. We are ascending church. I want to get behind you going, okay? But can I please maybe ask something of you? If you're more excited about going to a foreign nation than you are about telling your cousins about Jesus, there's a problem here. It's a problem, right? There's a disconnect, okay? We, the first realm of people you are called to it's got to be your family. And this is what the Lord's doing in this season. That's why motherhood is so important. 
because you guys are the glue that holds families together. Okay? Do you see it? Do you feel it? Guys, there's so much good taking place in this season. There's an opportunity. The body of Christ is going through a metamorphosis, and whoo, there's going to be some good stuff that rises up in these days. It's going to look different than it ever did before. It's all good. Generational transfer, vision for the future, all that stuff, right? We're going through some bumpy times right now as a nation. We're needing people to rise up and to bless their cities, not curse them. We need men and women of God to rise up and to be part of the solution and aid and help local government, not criticize it. Okay, so let's do our part because it's who we are. This is our identity as the house church. You're needing ministry and you're like, man, I don't know why. And, I'm, and uh, why is Pastor Jamie not have more appointments available? And I'm mad at him because, okay, you can be. Or, man, you are surrounded right now by like 50 people that are more than qualified to pray for you. And they would love to pray for you. So instead of being frustrated by a failure in administration, which we're trying to get better, okay? Instead of that, let's rise up and own the call that's on our lives. Are you alive? Are you with me here? Just stand to your feet today. I think this is the best Mother's Day sermon. I just... Good job, Pastor Jamie. I got to encourage myself in the Lord this morning. <laughs> uh, this sermon is called I Loathe Layovers, by the way. If you're looking for it later on. <laughs> oh, Listen, yeah, no offense to Salt Lake. I love that place. It's great. They have a great Starbucks. In the airport, right? That's where I've ever been. Okay. <laughs> I'm so proud of you as a people. I just want to say this. Our, our church is awesome. You guys are such a great job of loving people. I, one of my favorite testimonies, and I get it all the time, is a new person comes in. They don't know any of you. They don't know any of you. But they'll get prayed for and prophesied over and loved on. You'll invite them out to lunch. They'll be at somebody's small group this week. Like, because you're just like, hey. Like, we claim you, we adopt you, you're in, you know, and you just love on people. And, and man, the world, y'all, the world needs it. People are lonely. People need connection. Because in that connection, there's hope and there's solution and everything they need. So just put a hand on, you know what, actually this, would you be okay with, uh, can, can we just reach out and would you grab the hand of the person next to you? It's been a long time since we sang Kumbaya around a campfire. We need to do that this morning here. This is, just reach out. Would you grab the hand of someone that's near you? And if you're uncomfortable with that, it's okay. You put a hand on a shoulder or something. It's, it's just fine. You know, whatever. Um, you know, if she's cute, squeeze her hand. Let her know. <laughs> Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the grace that abounds in your body, in your people. Lord, I thank you for the house church and for every person that's represented here today, visitors and family members, and Lord, all of it. And God, we just invite you in. Would you come, Holy Spirit, right now? And Lord, would you, would you seal and unite our hearts, Lord? We're, we're, we're praying in agreement with Jesus' prayer that you would make us one, that we would be connected in the life of of heaven would flow through our lives to touch other people. I pray, Lord, that you would knit this body together, that it would become so effective in loving people, loving our cities, loving our neighborhoods. Lord, God, that, that, that in every city that men and women of righteousness would rise up and, and bless their cities, not curse, but bless businessmen and women would rise up as city fathers and mothers and lead our communities, and help to sow into these communities, create jobs, create opportunity, Lord. I, I pray for our school teachers, Lord, and God, those who are serving the young ones, Lord, that you would give strong aid to them and have parents, Lord, of students rally around and help, Lord, and contribute to the well-being, Lord, of these kids. And 
Lord, I, I pray, Lord, for our hospitals and our the health workers, Lord, that Jesus, you, you anoint them for health and for healing, Lord, that miracles would break out, yes, but that you would grant grace, Lord, for the process of their loving people back to health, caring for them. Oh, Lord, grant strong aid. Lord, I pray that you would anoint our minds and our hearts to be good neighbors, to love on the people around us and to be willing to... to, to to have a layover in the neighbor's garage as we're hanging out. And God, I, I pray that you would connect and you would move on behalf of parents to their children and children to their parents. Lord, where there's been division and breakdowns in relationships, Lord, I pray that you would heal those. Lord, that you would remove the obstacles that hearts would be reunited. Lord, I, I pray for our government. Oh, God. Give them solutions and wisdom. Help the body of Christ, Lord, to serve like Daniel, Lord, to, to serve and to pray for and to stand in intercession and release wise counsel to be an aid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, on behalf of this nation, Lord, and on behalf of the believers of the world, Lord, we just pray right now also for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and in Russia, Lord, and Lord, the, the areas of conflict, Jesus, that you would bring, you would help them. Lord, protect families and strengthen them, Jesus. Provide solution. Lord, bring sanity to leaders. God, God, bring them to their right minds. I pray, God, that you would remove that the, the, the fear and the destructive tendencies, Lord God, of men who are in fear. Lord, remove that insecurity, God. Lord, help them. Help them, Lord. God, we thank you for these things and know, Lord, that you put us in proximity to people because you want us to get involved. And so, Lord, I pray that you would anoint every person here from the sound of my voice, Lord, that they might be shepherds and might be risen up, Lord, as leaders and advocates who bring solution. Anoint them, God, to remove demons from lives and torment. Anoint them, God, to bring healing. Anoint them, Lord God, to with a listening ear and, Lord, an intercession that gives confidence and help and hope Lord, to the people around us. Thank you for this, Father. God, I bless your people today. I bless the house church here on this 16th year, here on this one-year anniversary. Lord, we commit our future to you, and we invite you, Jesus. I don't know what the new structures need to be, Jesus, but we just want you to know that we're willing. We want the river of heaven to flow in us and through us. We thank you, Lord. So I bless your people today, Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord, be his favor and countenance, shine upon your life. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord grant you his peace. Declare these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who dared to agree with that said, amen. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today? God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day.